If you're a parent, is any of this familiar? You go to the store and grab some groceries and your toddler is tugging at you for some extra treats. Seems like every aisle she spots all of the quote sales and wants you to buy it. Or maybe you're over at Target picking up some clothes for the kids and you're bombarded with requests. Those shoes, that shirt, that dress. Or how about your teen is about to go out with their friends. Before they leave, they ask you, can I have some cash? You're probably wondering, do these kids know how money works? Today, we're going beyond allowances and talking about how you can help your kids to budget, save, and invest wisely. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, where we're focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. Support for this podcast comes from 5 Days to 5K Course. A big headache for many couples in the community is they know what they need to do. They need to knock down this debt or save up for a big goal. The question is, where does this money come from? Budget's tight. So I designed a free week-long course that will show you step-by-step how to find, save, and make some extra money. And it's broken down into manageable chunks because I know we are all busy. You can sign up at couplemoney.com 5k. Do you remember how you handled money growing up? I can't recall exactly when I started getting an allowance. But I remember clearly being in second grade, going around the neighborhood, collecting bottles and cans to recycle so I can earn some extra spending money. We're talking about a few dollars at most at a time, but it felt like I was rich. And when I would get home, my grandma would insist that I take a portion of that money and save it. Later on through the years, I remember my parents would explain that if I wanted anything beyond the allowance... I had to work for it. And when I became a teenager, I remember sitting down, looking at my family's budget and seeing if I could find ways to save. And as grateful as I am for learning what I did, looking back at how I mismanaged money later, got into debt around college, I can see there were some gaps in my financial knowledge. My husband and I both want our girls to know the value of a hard-earned dollar and how to use it wisely. That's not going to happen by accident. It's going to take a plan and it's going to take a system. If you too want to help your little ones as well, become money savvy. Make sure you save this episode. Bill Dwight, creator of the amazing family banking app, FamZoo, is here today on the show. Besides being a tech whiz, He's a father of five who's had plenty of experience with the ups and downs of raising kids to become adults. In this episode, we get into when to start introducing finances and budgeting even at a preschool level, getting your kids comfortable with saving and investing. And this might surprise you why your kids need to get a loan from you. I think we'll have plenty of comments on this episode. Hope you enjoy. We want to raise generous, responsible, kind adults, and it really is a process. And yep. finances is a part of that, whether we want to 
say that out loud. As Ron Lieber always says, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, every conversation about money is really about values. Exactly. Uh, you know, the two are intimately intertwined. So I think a lot of people apologize when they start talking about money and then you realize, hey, these are really values-based conversations and something we should embrace. I was looking at one of your art- latest articles talking about your interview with Andy over at Marriage, Kids, and Money. Yeah. About yeah. it's worth the fight. And sometimes it, it does feel like you're trying to teach them and sometimes whether it's about money or not, is it clicking? Is it sticking? Right. What's going to happen? I, I mean, the neat thing for me now is mm-hmm. that I, I am on my fifth teenager. Our youngest is 16. And so we've kind of been through the journey. You know, our oldest is 28 this year. And so, you know, we've had the benefit of seeing the kids go through the teen years, emerge from the teen years, <laughs> thankfully. You thankfully, survive. that's a finite, <laughs> that's a finite passage, thankfully. And uh, realize that, you know, sometimes when you think the messages aren't sinking in or sticking, that they really are. Now I have that perspective, and it, I think it's nice for younger parents to kind of hear, you know, stick with it. It seems like they might not be listening to you, but they, but they really are. And I think that's, a, you know, you need to hear that as, as an embattled parent sometimes. <laughs> I was encouraged by that. And I think that's a kind of a great opening. When you first talk about money with your kids, Some people say like, what's the right age? That's that first milestone. Parents, we struggle like back and forth. When are kids ready to maybe talk about the very essentials of finances? And is preschool too early? If not, is there anything you can talk with them on their level? Our granddaughter is about one and a half now. And the kind of the latest video that we saw on Facebook was her pretending that she was shopping in the apartment with my son. And, you know, it's just very funny. They are little sponges and they're Mm -hmm. watching everything we do. And even at one and a half, they're starting to grapple with the the concepts of what is this purchasing things and that I see mom and dad doing and emulating that. And I was just reviewing a, a post by the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. Yeah. And they were sort of reinforcing that these money habits and stuff start very, very early. Preschool is not too early. I think you saw in our Facebook group today, I was asking some people about, you know, what their experiences were with youngsters. And I remembered that a mutual friend of ours, Alan Scott Turner, did a book, Money oh, A to Z. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that... Um, you know, for the very youngest ones, Mm -hmm. sort of introducing with picture books and things like that. Mm -hmm. In fact, another mutual friend of ours, Jay Money, you know, he did this funny post one time, which was his own money alphabet. Mm -hmm. And so I actually ended up making my own money alphabet, you know, A is for this, B is for that, for my kids that kind of encapsulated my values. But that's a fun exercise too. You could make your own little book with with your kids. One thing I would say is, Repetition is really important. It's not like you have this one conversation, right? There's no other skills that you learn in one shot. So, you know, you just keep iterating. You know, they mature over time. And and so you kind of fill in more detail about the messages you go. But one of my favorite pieces of advice is just give kids the play-by-play on everything in the grocery store with the kids and making a purchase, give them a little play-by-play on what's happening. Ask them what they think is happening. Turn it around. You're like, what do you think is happening? Like when I swipe this card or where do you think this, this money comes from? Or how do you think we pay for, you know, these things? 
uh, Ron Lieber has a great book, um, The Opposite of Spoiled. Yeah, I love that book. You know, he says a great technique is, you know, you're always going to get that awkward question like, mm -hmm. are we rich? Are we poor? How much do you make, mom? You know? Yes. And uh, I love Ron's technique, which was to kind of turn around and say, well, why do you ask? You know, what, what, what are you curious about? Um, for two reasons. One is you buy some time. Yes. <laughs> so you can make up an answer. Um, <laughs> and two, the, their motivation for asking might not be at all what you're assuming. Fantastic. Because going back to what you said at the beginning, you know, how you spend money is about what you value and what you prioritize. Yeah. And having those conversations are a great introduction because our three-year-old is watching her seven-year-old sister. And what she sees is like, hey, she has an allowance. She gets to buy stuff. And right. now she's like, I want an allowance. Um, why? And right. she's like, because I want to buy stuff. You yep. know, so now it's what we're trying out with her is when we go to the grocery store, her um, snack budget. So she has one, one item she can pick for a snack budget. Yep. Yep. She's a great. I, lo I love that technique, by the way, is mm -hmm. that. A trip to get a treat or something mm -hmm. like that is a mini budgeting opportunity, right? Yeah. Like the, you might not start with an allowance. You might just start with every once in a while when you go out to a treat or whatever. Well, here's your budget. Here's mm -hmm. your little mini budget, you know, put yes. it in your wallet or your purse uh, for our outing. And that's how much you have to spend. And um, you can't spend more than that. You could spend less than that and choose to spend on something else. So you're just starting that dialogue. Mm-hmm you know, uh, very simply without having to worry about how much allowance does someone get per week and all that stuff, just around a very specific incident. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that that's really helpful with young kids. And then as they get older, um, you know, like we can see on our family finance site, you know, the number of transactions for kids just keeps escalating, right? But it starts very, very low for, for young kids. They yeah. You know, you're, you're providing for almost all of their needs and that's completely appropriate. But as they get into middle school and get mm -hmm. more independent, that's when they really start transacting. And so, you know, that's when you get towards more of a, a formal budget. Um, you know, whenever you decide it's appropriate, mm -hmm. I think it's right to, to start to transition them to learning about all types of money and mm -hmm. learn about how um, all types of money are, are finite. <laughs> yes. They're not magical. I don't want, uh, when my kid goes off to college, I don't want them thinking a card is magical. Yeah. I yeah. I want them to get to that have, offer for credit cards. <laughs> yeah. And I want them to have, um, you know, gotten a decline on their card and mm -hmm. felt the shame and embarrassment, you know, when they're out yeah. and they try to, you know, buy something and they don't have a balance and they didn't bother to check it. I want them to be a little embarrassed. That, that's a very memorable moment. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that to repeat. And kind of, that's a good point. Like, I think our natural tendency for parents, and maybe for me being a mom, is like protect your kids and you don't want them to have these mess ups. But right. there is a value for them while they're young, still in your house, to screw up with money. Absolutely. You know, to have those bad memories in a sense. And I'd rather have them experiencing that with me than um, a bank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Last I checked, my bank does not love my kids. My credit card loves my kids even less, except when they <laughs> transact. Yes. Um, so, you know, I think that, um, and also it's just about sort of developing this comfort mm -hmm. about talking about money and screw ups with money. Mm -hmm. uh, because I want them to feel like, 
oh, you know, I, I had open conversations with mom and dad since I was two about money. So that's totally mm. natural. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that's healthy. I want to set that precedent early that, hey, it's okay. You messed up here. I messed up too. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. I don't have all the answers, but let's at least discuss it. Something I know we care about for our kids and a lot of parents is we want them to be somewhat natural savers or, you know, start mm -hmm. developing that habit of saving. Um, how can you do that? Cause I know like we use right. FAMZOO and we absolutely love it. Well, it's FAMZOO and that tool to encourage your kids to save. And I've seen, mm -hmm. had an article about that kind of match it, you know, you're bribing your kid, teaching them better than the bank's rates right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way I feel about that is yeah. the general, you know, so our product aside, use any product, use any system. You could use a spreadsheet. That's actually how FAMSU started was a spreadsheet. But it's the notion of a system and introducing kids to the concept of a system and automation and then the constant reinforcement. So, mm -hmm. what, you know, my favorite, we have this thing called parent paid interest and you don't need a product to do it. You could calculate yeah. it yourself. If your kid has a savings bucket, then how about you encourage them to grow that bucket by paying them a parent paid interest rate on it. So just do a little simple math, you know, mm. uh, maybe 0.2% a week or whatever. I like to do it weekly uh, because in our system, the kid gets like a text message every time there's activity on their savings card. Nice. And so they're constantly being reminded uh, the money I'm saving is mm. working on its own and growing on its own. And if I leave it alone, um, it'll continue, you know, I stop yes, touching it. <laughs> Your hands off that. Yes. Um, it'll grow. And so that money can um, work for itself. And I actually like having a very um, aggressive interest rate just so it's noticeable. So it's mm -hmm. like a couple of pennies a week, right? As, yeah. a as opposed to a couple of pennies after a year and then never mentioning it to the yes. kids. Kind of what happens in a, you know, more traditional savings account thing where it's, they're not interacting with it. So I want it to be very much in front of them. And then I want the cycle time to be very rapid so that they're constantly being reminded, oh yeah, that, that money over there is growing. Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, it'll be working when your, uh, you know, teenager finally sends you a text and says, dad, could you move the hundred bucks that I just made from my spending card to my savings card because I want to earn your bank of dad interest. Oh. And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Because even though like I'm giving a guaranteed interest rate, that's pretty awesome. I'm interested in the mindset, which is mm -hmm. I want to move my money to where it's productive. And, um, you know, I think that they will continue that habit even after, well, I know they do because not my kids, some, many of my kids are too old now for the bank of dad. Interest rate. <laughs> so I just think, it's that mindset that they're mm -hmm. looking for that opportunity for their money to grow. Um, that's a mindset a lot of kids never have or never even think of. And you, again, you don't need technology for that. That can be a yeah. written rule. You could be writing this down in a ledger mm -hmm. and up at the top, you could say the rules are 2% per week, but never more than two, two bucks. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't want to imply that, uh, you know, you have to use some fancy pants technology for it. It's just, um, that's why we call ourselves FamZoo because every family is a zoo. So we're trying to use like technology yeah. to make it easy for people to follow through. Yeah. But that, that's good because that's a positive habit, saving. Something that, mm -hmm. you know, people have very, feel very strongly about though is dealing with debt. Families in my community, they've personally dealt with debt. Maybe now they're living debt free, but they still mm -hmm. want to teach their kids 
how debt works, whether it's just like pass on their value of let's try to live debt free, or yep. if they are feeling like there's good debt versus bad debt, because that's their value. Like, how do we gently guide our kids with something that could be a huge trap? I'd love to get your take and some ideas on that. Yeah, I think this is a great topic. And I've always, a lot of parents will say, never make your child alone because you're just teaching them that um, they can have things now instead of later. And um, I actually disagree with that. I think that I want each of my kids to experience at least one kind of major loan under my watch mm -hmm. so that they know that a loan is all about trade-offs. Like, mm -hmm. so for example, each of our kids have gotten loans from the bank of mom and dad for laptop computers. Okay. Uh, and so we, the key thing is that we we formalize it in the sense that we say, all right, you know, we're going to record this in an account. Again, it could be a ledger, could be could be anything. In our case, it's like an online account and it says, you've been loaned $600 or whatever. And we're going to now garnish your wages, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's chores, allowance, or, you know, part-time job that they have. You're Each week, you're going to be paying down a little bit of this loan so that, you know, when they don't have the same amount of money they had last week because now they're paying off this loan obligation. They're yeah. understanding, Oh, this is a trade-off. That's right. Like I, every week I'm paying off this, this, this computer or this phone, or maybe it's the Delta between the base model phone and the more expensive phone, you know, maybe mm -hmm. they have to pick that up, but something so that they're experiencing that because there's such a world of difference between mom and dad telling you don't go into debt. It's horrible versus every week they're making a payment on a loan to the bank of mom and dad. You set up a simulation mm -hmm. within the family, within the, the privacy and, and uh, value driven environment of the family to simulate the things that the kids are going to be doing and using as adults so that they can learn in a safe environment, make those mistakes with you, but you're previewing to them what it's going to be like out in the jungle. I appreciate it. And I kind of want to cover this last habit topic of money that kind of trips some parents up. Many in the community know it's wise to invest and the earlier the start, the better it is. Mm -hmm but they don't feel comfortable enough to even like talk about this with his kids, with their kids. How do you break it down, especially with teens as they get their first jobs um, and they have right. some of their own income? How do you introduce investing? How do you work with them? Yeah, I think with, uh, with teens, there's two great opportunities to talk about investing. One is if you've set up a 529 for your kids, mm -hmm. every time you get that statement, review it with your teenager. The first couple of times, they're going to roll their eyeballs and uh, give you a hard time and all that. But what, what you're doing is you're sort of reviewing, like, we're saving this money for this event, college. It's this far off. Um, think about all the things you can talk about there. Mm -hmm. where, do, where are you putting the money? Are you putting an index fund? Um, are you transitioning it out of the stock market into something safer because the time is near? Yeah. Like, you, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a mini example of um, these, uh, uh, what do they call them? The date, date funds or whatever. Oh, the target date funds. Target yes. date funds, right? It's like a yeah. mini exercise of that. So they're getting a preview of that concept, which is very important. And, um, you know, like we're not, you know, maybe you're saying we're not keeping it all just in cash because we need it to grow. 
mm-hmm. but we're taking some risk here. And, you know, just think of all the conversations that mm-hmm. you can kind of naturally get into around that, that 529 statement. Um, and, um, and the nice thing is there's a trigger event to have that conversation because you're going to get those statements. You know, you could focus on the quarterly statements or you maybe just do it annually, but there's a nice kind of natural trigger event. The other thing that I think is an awesome opportunity, and it's one of the things I'm most uh, proud of doing for each of my kids is basically convincing them, that's another <laughs> way of saying forcing them, to open a Roth as soon as they got that first summer or part-time job. And because then mm-hmm. it has all the wonderful incentives. They have to get a job for me to open up for them. Mm-hmm. I actually, you know, gift them some money, you know, because you can... If they work and earn a certain amount of money, then they can contribute some amount of that to a Roth to a cap. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to gift, gift them either some match or even all of it, if you so choose, uh, to get them into the game of investing. As far as they're concerned, it's sort of money that you're investing mm-hmm. for the long term. So you can have those conversations. Then you have all the conversations about, well, what are we going to do with this money should we put an index fund? Should we invest it in uh, Facebook? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, it all, all those kinds of things. Right. <laughs> and so, um, and mm-hmm. the, the kicker is that if you do this now, that money's going to be invested for 40 years. Mm-hmm. They're going to thank you. I mean, you might be dead at the time, but they're going <laughs> to thank, you know, uh, dad from way back when, you know, 40 years from now, I'd be like, wow, that was really powerful. And the other thing about the, the Roth, some parents might be thinking right now, well, that's great, Bill. I don't have any extra funds to gift my kids for a Roth. Well, you got, you probably have some grandparents in the mix. You can actually engage the broader family in this. And uh, I think that in many families, they would be delighted to mm-hmm. contribute maybe $100 to little Johnny's Roth versus some goofy, you know, having to go out and find some goofy gift for graduation or whatnot. You can kind of family source or crowdsource yeah. uh, a little bit of that and just get creative. So happy Bill could join us. He and his team have created a fantastic tool for families over at FamZoo. It's truly a great family banking app that's easy to use. Now, before we close up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from our discussion. The first one is, your example is a fantastic teacher. Sometimes we feel like we have to be perfect, but with kids, just be honest. Let them see how you're handling the finances now. Explain out loud what you're trying to do and what's happening with the money. The second one is, incentivize good behavior. So if you want to help your kid to start saving and investing, maybe offering some kind of match program will be enough to get them to start that new habit. And finally, talk about your values and priorities. It's not just about the numbers. Give the kids the context of why you're doing what you're doing with the money. Why is it so important for you guys to save so much per month? Why are you guys trying to pay off the debt? Why are you investing now? These conversations mean so much because then it helps them to see that finances, that's not the main thing. It's coming up with your values and your goals and then using your finances to align with that. So (laughs) there's a lot to talk about right now and we're going to continue this discussion in our private Facebook community over at Thriving Families. 
It's free. It's fun. I'd love to get your take so we can swap some stories and ideas about how we're going to help our kids become money savvy. Join us over at couplemoney.com slash FB. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I have links to the show notes to connect with resources we mentioned, plus more over at Couple Money. Don't forget, if you live in Orlando, Detroit, or Kansas City, Stacking Benjamins is coming to your town for a crazy, fun-filled night with their Stacking Benjamins tour. I think it's safe to say it's the only personal finance podcast tour in existence. So if you want to have a date night unlike anything else, grab tickets now. Just head over to stackingbenjamins.com slash tour. And hey, before we close out, I want to say, if you're a fellow Carolinian or Virginian, please be safe with Hurricane Florence coming. We're over here in Raleigh, and we've packed our bags, and we're keeping an eye on developments. I'll share any updates in the community email or on Instagram, depending on how things are with the storm. But please, I want you guys to be safe. If you haven't already, have an emergency kit and evacuation bag ready to go. I have a list to resources, including FEMA, over at couplemoney.com slash kit. I really hope you don't have to use it, but it is better to be safe than sorry. Our theme song was performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosier. I want to say thank you so much for your support, leaving those reviews, sharing these episodes. It's really making a difference, guys. It's helping couples get more comfortable not just talking about the numbers and the finances, but like we talked about this episode, what are our values and priorities? I hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.